You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm sitting down with my longtime friend, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Dr. Marisa is a wealth of knowledge and a force of nature. And she and I jive completely on so many topics that you hear me talk about on this podcast. But she brings a very unique perspective that I think you're going to appreciate. She's also become a mom in her 40s, which is an interesting combination with being hit with perimenopause. So we go into that. And I think many of you mothers who became mothers later in life are going to appreciate what she has to say. I know you're going to love this episode as much as I did recording it. You're going to absolutely love this lady. Let's jump in. I'm what's called a hard gainer, meaning I have a hard time putting on muscle mass. Try as I might, I simply do not build muscle quickly or easily. I also have a hard time meeting my protein goals in a day because I'm not much of an eater. That's why I was so excited to see that the ISSN, who is widely recognized as the authority on the latest cutting edge and non-biased information on sports nutrition, just announced their position on essential amino acid supplements or EAAs for muscle and performance. The paper goes into several benefits and supporting studies, but the biggest takeaway for me was reading that EAAs are more effective than protein at stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So if you're trying to put on muscle, if you're trying to lose weight and maintain lean muscle mass, or if you're getting older and worried about maintaining muscle mass, taking an EAA supplement is going to be one of the best things you can do for yourself. I personally take Keon Aminos every day to help me put on muscle, have more energy, and reduce injuries. And it's working because I'm lifting weights like I was in my early 40s, and I'm finally injury-free. This is why Keon Aminos are now fundamental to my daily fitness routine. Backed by over 20 years of clinical research, clean, sugar-free, caffeine-free, and non-GMO, all nine essential amino acids your body needs in the ratio scientifically proven to promote muscle protein synthesis. So if you're a hard gainer like me, check out Keon Aminos. To save 20%, go to getkeon.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash Dr. Tina to get my fundamental supplement for muscle, Keon Aminos. If you followed me for any amount of time, you know that I am constantly beating the drum on having optimal metabolic health, especially as we age, especially as we are walking into menopause and andropause. It is critical to avoiding all of the chronic lifestyle diseases that we're seeing in popular current society. Here's the deal. My hands down best biohack that I have found is the NutriSense Continuous Glucose Monitor. I love this thing. I use it quarterly to keep tabs on my own metabolic health. And I want to extend a discount to you today as a listener of the Dr. Tina show. You can get $30 off if you head to the show notes, head to the link, use the coupon code Dr. Tina, D-R-T-Y-N-A. That'll get you $30 off any subscription. I highly suggest you consider a three to six month subscription so you can really dial in your metabolic health, but any amount of time will be incredibly eye-opening. They have expert dietitians to help you. They've got a really cool app that gauges everything in real time and the dietitians help you figure out what the graphs mean. It's invaluable. Head to the show notes, link, NutriSense, Dr. Tina is the coupon code. Let me know how you love it. I can almost guarantee that something eye-opening will be shown to you. Grab it now. Dr. Marisa Snyder, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm very excited to have you. We are old friends and I was just on your pod and I'm so excited to have you on and share all your knowledge. Can you introduce yourself quickly to the audience for me? Yes. So I am a women's health expert and uh, author, podcaster, a mama um, to a toddler, <laughs> almost three-year-old. It is so crazy to have a three-year-old and be in perimenopause at the same time. There is something to be said about that. I, I really would love for us as a society and as researchers to do more research into that, um, about that, you know, being a mom in the lived experience of young children and also being the throes of major hormone shifts and changes and kind of what that, what that lends to. Um, and, you know, my work in the world is really showing up to serve women so that they show up to feel alive, their most alive selves. And I find that that aliveness really has that opportunity to come up to the forefront in 
with this perimenopause and menopause transition because we are not accommodating to life and to people the way that we used to. Um, and so that that always excites me. But I also want women, as we are stepping into our truth and our power, that we have the metabolic health and the vitality to do so um, the way that we want to. Yes, yes. So you just had me on your pod recently, like I mentioned, and we talked all about metabolic health and all about perimenopause. And I got to tell you my side. So I'm really excited to have you on today to talk about your take on it because my audience is, I think, generally in that age group. They're either perimenopause or menopausal, or they're older folks, men and women. And I just think your take on things is you've got such a vibrancy. When I met you at a conference years ago, you were like rocking the big, beautiful dresses and the colorful, you know, outfits. And you just always bring such a light to things. So I think we're going to have a fun conversation. Yes. 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 <laughs> in, in our black tank tops. I know. <laughs> we're twinsies. <laughs> Mine says, no one is coming to save you. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> and I think women know that, or we're learning that, you know, I, I think we're beginning to really understand that nobody's coming to save us. You know, if we want to thrive, we have got to, we've got to take control and, and do it ourselves. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of talk and I'm sure you get this too in social media where people want to complain about the medical system. They want to complain that doctors are lacking. They want to complain that they don't get enough time. They want to complain there's not enough resources. And I get all that and I appreciate all that. And I think that we can shout from the rooftops all day, more studies, more data, more this and that. But I think at the end of the day, we have to take the reins ourselves and we have to educate ourselves and we have to create a knowledge base that we own. And I appreciate that about you too, because I know that you get that and your whole mission on this planet clearly is to empower people to own their shit. So that's, you know, that's the jam. Yeah. I learned that lesson at a very, very young age that no one was coming to save me. And, um, and honestly, because of all that, probably because of that survivalness that I was kind of embedded in at a very young age, that that level of trauma lended to kind of having survival, being in a survival mode for too long and, and ultimately landed me into some kind of chronic issues. But I realized that it was only going to be me that was going to crawl myself out of that as well. And so, you know, I think the sooner that we understand that, you know, even if you've got the best doctors, even if you've got people in your corner, you've built a team, you're still, you know, you're still running that team. You're still the CEO of that team. Just like every woman is running their lives, taking care of their families, taking care of the people around them, you know, in their careers, you know, we have to own our health the way that we own every other piece. I mean, it's not like we're not used to it. You know, we, <laughs> it is, it's what we know. You know, yeah. I, I think there, I mean, I get the, the need for us to want to be taken care of in that way, but I think we just got to own the fact that it is, it is really our responsibility, just like, just like everything else is. <laughs> Something I find online that I would love to hear you speak to is I get people dropping into my DMs or into yeah. my posts and they say, and the comments and they say, well, Dr. So-and-so said this and you said this and doctors, other Dr. So-and-so said this and I just don't know what to believe. Mm. And I get so frustrated because I'm like, just freaking think, like think this true through. I'm trying to teach people how to use critical thinking skills, not just preach at them. Can yeah. you speak to that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, that same thing like, oh, well you made this statement about menopause or about hormones or whatever it is. And, and so-and-so said this, you know, what, what am I supposed to believe? And in, in that moment, I think, you know, we do need to be using critical thinking. I think a lot of us are looking for that definitive answer. Um, and we're, we're not willing to go into ourselves, but what I know to be true is that each and every one of us, and, and I get that a lot of people don't always want to hear this, but we are bio-individual and what is true for me it may not necessarily be true for you. You know, what, what I'm eating for my body because of the things that are going on in my system may not be 100% true for you. Are there pillars? Yes. Are there some truths that probably are universal and don't change, like getting outside and sunlight, optimizing your mitochondria, you know, lifting weights, resistance training, ensuring that you are eating metabolically, you know, kind of in a sense, you know, fueling your body and your mitochondria, like those, those are truths. Um, but there's going to be nuance 
There's always going to be nuance that that's right for you. I, I don't do well with gluten and dairy. I, I, you know, there are the people in my family, in my immediate family that do. And so, you know, there gets to be nuance. That's a truth for me. It's just the way it is and until I continue to figure out what's going on. And then that, that can be true for them. And so I think we have to connect it to what is true for us and then make modifications. I know when I build programs, when I build detoxes or a metabolic program and people are like, well, what about I've got celiacs or I got this or I have this, I have hajis, I've got, and I was like, well, then adapt it to your needs. Like this is the framework and then make it work for you. You know, you're not, it's going to be real. You're going to be hard pressed to find a program, something that's more general, that's going to exactly fit into your specific box. You've got to make it work for you. Just like I freaking make it work for me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's the answer I was looking for. It's an interesting age group that we serve because yes. I, because <laughs> I don't accommodate anymore. <laughs> right. Right. There's a there's kind of this like F you thing that happens when you hit 40 where you're like, I just don't give an F yeah. about so many mm-hmm. things. But then also comes with that some hormonal imbalances. And I'll say this very kindly because I appreciate this and I, I do, I honor the individuality of each person and the journey they're on. But something I found when I was in clinical practice doing a lot of bioidentical hormone replacement, something that I find online is sometimes that hormonal shift can create obviously, you know, and we'll talk about this, like the brain fog and the inability to really comprehend things the way you used to. And I know that this is true for me. Like I asked my podcast producer that you just met, Marisa, (laughs) my brain is not what it was. But folks will get really kind of ruminating and nitpicky about like, well, you said this three years ago, and now you're saying this, and then so-and-so saying this, and they start to like ruminate on the fine details. And then they say, well, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe. And they get really frustrated. I find this mostly with women. I think it's an estrogen issue. I think it's a hormonal issue in general. And what you, you know, what I'm hearing you say, and what I totally agree with is that learn the information, take what you need, Try mm-hmm. what you'll try and let go of the rest. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it's a trial and error situation. And what works for me or you may not be the same to each other, may not be the same to our followers. And also isn't the same for my husband, who's exactly the same age as me because he's a man. <laughs> so, right. you know, there's yeah. no, there's no, you know, there's Dr. Stacey Sims. There's so many folks talking to kind of in this age group that we are other female doctors, but there's no one size fits all. You have no. to just... Take the information, learn what you need to learn, research further what you feel like you need to research further. Stop listening to these blanket statements on Instagram and start educating oneself and really, you know, trying it out, seeing what what feels good, what doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Instagram, it's a place for good marketing. Yes. <laughs> Amen. You are winning on Insta. You got a big following. It's that you've got a big message and you've got great marketing, you know? And um, yeah, I want to speak into, you know, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely hormones for sure that's shifting, but also I think it's, it's trauma. It's a lot of trauma. It's a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's probably, you know, you read one more thing that doesn't connect with you and it, and it feels kind of like an assault on your system. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of it too. And I, I think sometimes we got to ask ourselves, like, why am I feeling so outraged about this? Why, why am I feeling so triggered by this? You know, why, why isn't this landing for me? And kind of dig a little bit deeper. I know that's super uncomfortable and nobody wants to do that work. I get it. Um, but I, you got to tap anytime I read something on social or, or, you know, um, I, and I have a response, like I feel my body contract and I kind of get into that, you know, just like F you mentality. I'm like, huh, huh, what is that about? What, what about me? <laughs> what about my stuff is, is being triggered by this? Like what is coming up for me? What what are my values or my limiting beliefs or what what is it about how I feel about myself or in my journey that has me reacting in this way? Like I think we 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 really need to put the onus back on ourselves when we find ourselves reacting and responding. We're, we're so, I feel like we're so reactive and we're we we you see people so angry and and you know we we rarely go inward and ask ourselves like man why didn't I respond that way right you know. And I I I think that we need to do more of that. 
Um, as a as a new mom, I, I consider myself a new mom. Um, as someone who wants to be more patient and more empathetic and more compassionate to this little person who's uh, life is not easy for a th- almost three year old. You know, it's a lot of lot of cr- things that they're trying to figure out. You know, I, I think about how I respond to him, and then you know translate that to how I respond in the world. And, you know, and I really question a lot of, God, why did I, why am I feeling this way in this moment? Like, you know, anytime we're, we're giving the business to a little person, if that's our stuff, that, that, that little person isn't trying to do anything. Like they're just trying to live in the lived experience of being, you know, of, of trying to figure out this crazy world. If I'm, if I'm reacting, I got to ask myself, well, why the heck? Are you reacting that way? And so I think the same way, like when we get on social, like one, you know, what what are we trying to get out of it? And why are we responding in the way that we're responding? I think the magic comes in learning to pause and just keep scrolling. But yeah. I, the reason I bring it up is because I would have uh, patients come in. It's, it's no different on social media than it was in my practice is what I'm trying to say. Because I would have mm. patients come in and they would get they would present almost with a bit of neurosis. And my staff, you know, they could be quite challenging for my staff. And my staff would say, you know, gosh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so was really hard on me today or whatever. And I'm like, you know what, just give her three months and let the hormones kick in that we've just applied. And I promise you, (laughs) and the lifestyle management changes that I'm suggesting, like just give her three months and a different person will be in front of you. Because when your hormones start to balance out a bit, you those those triggers become less triggering. You know, the things that really kind of send you off into the extremes seems to yeah. happen less and less when you've got the right things balanced out. So much of that, I mean, yeah, we can apply hormones all day, but so much of that is just lifestyle, right? Oh, and absolutely. This, I was going to say blood sugar imbalance. Yeah. You know, again, that, that contributes to mood swings and and, you know, changes in our neurotransmitters. But yeah, I mean, you start you start going down the road of perimenopause into menopause and you don't have progesterone to support you in that second part of the cycle. Like, don't meet me on day 27. <laughs> don't. Stay away. Oh, um, that's so true. I ske- I literally schedule my life around those absolutely. few days. <laughs> my husband schedules his life. My family schedules their life around my late luteal phase. Yeah, because <laughs> we have to right now. I was telling you, you know, I'm actually I'm writing a full solo episode right now on perimenopausal rage, and you know, I grew up with a mom who had PMDD, and you know, in the 80s that wasn't diagnosable. Um, but I, I, you know, but we were my sister and I were abused emotionally and physically. Um, and I didn't know why, you know, when you're young, you don't understand why your mom is flashing out of nowhere and just losing her stuff. Like I used to think she was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and it would just happen out of nowhere. Um, and she was a single mom and, and, and it was a very hard life, no doubt. But man, when her hormones shifted and she was dealing with, you know, and in looking back in hindsight, it had to be PMDD. And, um, and she would have these extreme rage moments. Well, when she got into her mid to late 40s, it got extremely severe. Like it amplified 10x. And um, she was she would lock herself in her room or her house for three to four days right before her period because she knew she was going to light up any stranger that accidentally cut her off, that took a parking spot, you know, anything. And I remember she went to her OBGYN at that point and she said, is it normal for me to want to kill somebody in these days leading up to my period? And the doctor had said, actually validated her, didn't gaslight her and said, yeah, it's totally normal. Didn't have anything for her, by the way. Got nothing for you, but yes, that's a normal experience for you. And on your way, good luck with this rage that you're experiencing that just really, you know, tortured my mom. And I remember growing up in my, you know, this is my 20s and 30s and thinking one of the reasons why I went into this work was like, okay, how do I not only help women in this, but also how do I mitigate this from happening to me? And um, in the last couple of months, I want to say, Around the time that I had my concussions in June, I noticed a major shift for me. And I know that concussions can drive rage too in their own right. Um, But ever since then, I've had really intense, what I call my mother's version of perimenopausal rage. And I am down the rabbit hole trying to figure it out. But one of the things my husband and I met up about was how do we manage this until I can figure out how to transform it, 
you know? And, and a part of me is like, is this trauma that my mother just passed on over to me? Is it, or is, is it just hormones? Is it it's a real. combination of things? But yeah. it's real. And I feel like I am going to, I feel like I get possessed. Um, I feel like um, someone takes over my body and I feel under-resourced. I feel like everything is just, it's, it's, beyond hard, um, that the things are just too difficult to manage and I just lose it. And I'm a mom who I made a commitment to never yell or raise my voice at my son because that's all I grew up in. And when I get in this this week leading up to my period, it is it takes every ounce of self-control and discipline to not pop off at my yeah. child, you know, um, just like, especially just, I'm just, just trying to get him in his car seat for F's sake, like just... <laughs> yeah. Lots of breathing, lots of breathing. And so what we've done is we have more babysitters. My husband takes my son more in this time. Everybody knows, you know, we we are kind of, we've developed a plan around um, around this rage that I'm experiencing that I can't seem to get control of right now. Well, it's real. It's, it's real. I'm, it's real. I understand it. I appreciate it. I have it too. Um, I think knowing that it's there and then, exactly what you're doing, like just mitigating it. Your poor mom. I mean, that story hurts my heart because she obviously was, you know, that was I'm very likely torturing her as well. We don't ever oh, want to yell at our kids. I have a no, 23 year old. You don't want to beat your kids. You don't want to yell at your kids. You don't want to mm. abuse them. No. She and- was out of control. I know what it feels like now. I mean, she was yeah. literally out of control of her body and being a single mom, no money. And, and you have, horrible rage? Like, what What do you do when no one even tells you this is what's happening to you? Your hormones are depleted. You've got yeah. no neurotransmitters. You know, you're carrying trauma from your your mother's abuse, you know. And your blood sugar is screwy. And yeah. And you're just and eating peanut M&Ms over here on the side, <laughs> which my mother absolutely was. <laughs> Well, and then oftentimes, well, so I was that mom. I mean, I was not anywhere near that severe, but I I was the single mom trying to make ends meet, you know, dealing with a child by myself and even, you know, with pretty severe PMS and hormonal dysfunction, even in my, you know, 30s, 20s and 30s. I had my daughter at 25, but she's 23 now. And no joke, there's times when it'll, it makes me want to cry. It'll strike me some of the fights we had, some of the rages I went into, and I'll just text her and I'll be like, I am so sorry for what happened on that day. And she'll always write me back and say, it's okay, mom, you were doing the best you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, you know, it, you don't want to lash out, but it is so crazy what low progesterone will do to your brain oh and what stress, just what stress. stress will do. People, I don't think people appreciate what stress does to your body. It, it literally shrinks your brain. It destroys your, any, any potential for good neurotransmission gets crushed. And we live in such a stressful society. And then for a lot of these women, I think add to it in the forties, they start to gain a lot of weight. They don't recognize themselves in the mirror anymore. No, they are not getting the attention they once got. It's just Mm -hmm. a really sad, I, I hate seeing it. And I wish I could help so many more people it's so nuanced. You can't really do it on in blanket statements on Instagram, you know? No. It's an un, it's an untethering is what it feels like for so many women. Um, and I, I want it to be a rebirth for so many of us, but it just feels like an untethering and unraveling. For me, yeah. it feels like an unraveling. And this is, I have devoted decades to locking and loading my metabolism and my hormones. And don't think I'm not on them. Don't I'm on progesterone. (laughs) Don't get it. Don't get it. God for progesterone. (laughs) Yeah, I am on testosterone. I am on thyroid hormone because of my hajis and my, you know, low thyroid function. And and um and I I have all these practices in place, you know, literally to mitigate these moments. And so when it started happening to me this year, I was so embarrassed by it initially. I didn't even say anything to my husband. I was just like, maybe I can hide this. You know, and because, and then I was also in denial. I was like, "Oh God, this there's no way this is happening to me." I've spent years making sure this isn't going to happen to me. Like, this isn't coming for me. What did I do to deserve this? Like, I, I was, I was on the receiving end of this for years. Like, how is it that now I'm the person who gets to carry this? And, um, and then finally, there, you know, there's this level of acceptance that gets to happen that you get to do. And then I remember finally talking because we were starting to have, we would have more fights in this little, little zone. And Alex is like, what the, what's going on right now? And I'm like, 
All right, I have something to confess. <laughs> you know that rage my mother has? <laughs> I got it. I got it. She gave it to me. She handed it over. And he's like, yeah, I've been wondering, like, what the heck is going on? I just figured it was perimenopause. It was it was PMS, whatever. But, like, I'm like, it's so much more than that. Like, I'm trying my best to suppress this, but I can't. And now I need your help to make a plan. Like, we both need to know because it it kind of comes on. Um, it feels like within the, like the first day, my hormones, I call it, I really want to call it perimenopausal rage, but really it's hormone depletion rage. Let's call it what it is. Like your, my hormones are crashing just like all of ours do. If we're, if you're still kind of in that perimenopausal, you know, cycle, you're having your, you're having your menstrual cycle. Those, those hormones are crashing and um and as a, and my brain is having a profound impact you know i and i have major neurotransmitter depletion i ran those labs a little like under a year ago so i'm replenishing all of that and um and it's it's like it's like it's like a possession that i can and, and it's a very that first 24 hours i don't kind of know what's happened i just start getting more edgy more irritable more snappy and then it feels like a full body takeover within within about and then i'm like oh oh that's I know what this is, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of things I can share some of the things that I'm doing right now. And the, then the, the functional medicine kind of root cause, um, kind of diagnostics I'm going into as well. But the first thing that I'm really doing is just making sure everyone's on team me. Yes. Team me, team mom, team. I run the whole show. We can't have me under resourced, <laughs> yes. you know? And so that's the first thing is like letting everybody know, hey, I'm going through it. Um, I scream into pillows. I take walks. I get more space. I do more radical self care because I just need to be by myself in this time to get yes. myself together. I make sure that my blood sugar is balanced. I'm making sure that I'm prioritizing protein. I'm prioritizing hard. I mean, hard-ish workouts. I feel like this time of our cycle, it's not the time to really, really push. But sometimes when I'm in that much rage, I just feel the need to like, you know, do some pretty, lift some heavy stuff. Oh so yeah, it's heavy, like heavy deadlifts balance. are my, yeah. like that's my, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm either going to kill someone or I'm going to go deadlift 200 pounds. I, I love snatch. <laughs> I love, exactly. I like snatches. I like deadlifts, yeah. you know? Um, and so you're working those big muscles. Um, I like a clean and press. And so I'm doing that kind of act, that movement and, um, you know, and really, you know, using, gosh, using essential, using anything and everything in my power yes. to get it under control as best as I can. But a lot of time to myself, a lot of breaks, not easy when you've got a toddler who wants you only, but um, that, those are some of the things that I'm doing to navigate that. Hey guys, I've been using an incredible supplement for brain support and I wanted to share. Rise by Cured Nutrition is a nootropic blend of functional mushrooms, adaptogens, and cannabinoids that will leave your brain firing on all cylinders. It contains a blend of lion's mane, cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad spectrum CBD. Let me just tell you, I've been using all of these herbs and ingredients for a long time and I love them all. So to have them all in one place is incredible. I initially started taking Rise by Cured Nutrition because perimenopause brain is real and after reading over the label, I was sold. Rise by Cured also contains broad spectrum CBD, which aids in balancing the supplement as many of these nootropic focused supplements can be a bit overstimulating. So including the CBD in there helps avoid this. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, my listeners of The Dr. Tina Show. You can grab Rise for 20% off by visiting www.curednutrition.com forward slash Dr. Tina and using coupon code Dr. Tina at checkout. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com forward slash Dr. Tina and coupon code Dr. Tina to save 20%. So I admittedly am not big on skincare. I'm nearly 50 and to say that I've slacked on my skin is a total understatement. I've recently noticed some changes, however, that I'm not loving. And so I finally decided to get serious. A few months ago, I reached out to my buddy, Andy, the CEO and founder of Alatura Naturals and asked him to help. He sent me the complete skincare line and 
If you've not heard of Alaturia yet, let me introduce you to the most natural and luxurious lotions and potions to ever grace my face. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple, to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the line I've been looking for and it checks off all the boxes for me. It's all natural, it's cruelty-free, it's non-toxic, it's non-GMO, and it is organic when possible. My absolute favorites are the clay mask to detoxify and really heal my skin, as well as the night cream to boost collagen and deeply moisturize. The night cream also triples as an eye and lip balm and a little bit goes a long way. Honorable mentions are the pearl cleanser and the absolutely heavenly gold serum. You can literally feel the magic of the gold serum immediately upon application. It's that good. Because I believe everybody should try Alatura, I partnered with them and listeners of the Dr. Tina show can save 20% off your first order by heading to alatura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount. That's Dr. Tina with a Y or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. I have a temper. I am. I came from a dad. My, actually, my mom is calm as a cucumber. When she's mad at you, she just stops talking to you for a few mm-hmm. days. <laughs> my it's dad- passive aggression. <laughs> but she, my mom is a saint. But Aww. my dad, my dad has a temper and I never had a temper because I was sort of the, I had a very abusive sister with a terrible temper. So I was sort of at the receiving end of- of that abusive temper. Um, but my goodness, it really hit me when I had, it actually was when I gave birth. So I was 25. So it wasn't even perimenopausal. It was what you said. It was like hormonal and neurotransmitter deficit rage. Oh yeah. Nothing and it, will tank you like childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. So it we wasn't talk until, about that. Yeah. It really was a, a very depleting experience for me. And so, and I held a tremendous amount of resentment against my baby for it for years. Cause I just mm-hmm. was never the same again until I finally got some, you know, and, and a good naturopathic doctor on my team. But any, all that to say is yes, absolutely. Um, it's really important too, I think for people to understand that letting your partners know where you're at and what you need. Like my husband loves to rush in when we're having a fight and I know better because when I'm in a rage, I can hear the words coming out of my mouth and my brain is like, what the hell, Tina? Like, what are you saying? And I can't always stop it. You, and can't, so- un- you can't unsay it. You can't stop it. It's, it's just, it's like a fire hose. Yes. So it's all- like a dragon hose. It's like- <laughs> yeah, it's a dragon. It's a, I call it my dragon, actually. It's like in Game of Thrones when she just oh, yeah. torches everything because she's mad. I mean, I fully embody that and I feel it Dracari's in my core. Like yes. just- <laughs> I'm like, the whole city. <laughs> like, just it's burn gone. it all down. Gone. So I retreat. I will- go in the room and close the door or I will go and he comes after me. And I'm like, dude, Mm -hmm. if I remove myself from the situation, trust me, I'm being the better person right now. I'm being a big person. Let me have my, it may take five minutes. It might take an hour and a half in the bathtub, but I am going to get my cortisol and my, uh, you know, my adrenal put out under control. And so don't come in after these folks. And if Mm -hmm. you are that person having the rage, learn to remove yourself and find something healthy. Like you said, a walk. A walk is a game changer. I never come back from a walk mad. No, no. I'm always good. (laughs) I take like three to four walks on those days. You know, and and I'm not saying, and I I know people are thinking, well, oh, wow, that's a a luxury. Oh, wow. Well, what a privilege. It's just a a quick few laps. Don't think I'm not getting my shit done. If if that's not, could we get my stuff done? Um, I am handling my business, okay? I am working. I am taking care of my son in the most gentle way possible. I am handling my family and... I'm not killing people either. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not chopping heads. And and like that's just what I need to do. And and so I I yell in cars, I yell in pillows, I, I get the energy out, I move my body, I meditate, but walking is the the thing. We live right at the ocean. So I go walk, I watch the surfers. Um and um and I give myself as I try, I'm really hard on myself. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not like, and, but I do my best to give myself as much grace as possible in these moments. And, and I also, and I'm also surrendering it up and, and, and praying that yep. I'm, I, this isn't going to be, I, I don't, I, I, I was thinking, and I know this is being hard on myself, but I'm like, I, I, 
I cannot be that rageful. I grew up with it. I know what it was. I, I know the impact it's had on me, um, you know, and, and hence how I want to show up as a cycle breaker for my son. But I was like, this can't be happening in the most critical years of my child's life is his mama is working it out. Like she's trying to keep it together. And so I, I just, I feel my, my, the level of compassion and empathy I have for my mother today and I have for every woman who is going through it and caring so much and also in, in a, in a, in a state, in a time where their hormones are shifting and their bodies are changing without permission. Yes. Cause that's yes. what it feels like. And quickly, I mean, and quickly, really quickly. And again, the stress component. I cannot emphasize that enough. Stress has ruined me in the past few years. And it is, you have to learn to pick your battles very carefully at this period of time because it's all so, it's just brittle. Our hormones are brittle right now. And so really learning to pick those battles and then taking that time, there's nothing selfish about it. I saw a meme the other day. It was so good. It was like, it was a, you know, somebody said, don't you, it was like one woman going, don't you feel guilty taking time away from your child to go to the gym? And she's like, no, it's so I don't kill all of you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, something like that. It's like, learn to take those breaks, take that walk. It's just a few laps. You know, it, it, it can be as short as that, but learn to disconnect, learn. I, I know when the rise is coming. I can feel it now. Oh I yeah. My it's blood like a pressure. fire. Yeah. So I'm like, just get out, walk, stay off, you know, get offline, leave your phone. Uh, my dogs help me tremendously. Like just literally. That just, oxytocin. Uh, well, it's the only dogs, thing that can trump stress. <laughs> you know, people don't realize your dogs go outside and pick up electrons for you. They go ground because they're on the ground with no shoes on. And then they come in and that's why you love grabbing mm. them and holding them because they flood you with negative mm. electrons, which grounds you. So your dog is like a little grounding machine. So, you know, love your, don't, and don't, I, honestly, I've had rage on at like near my dogs too, where I start screaming at them and I'm like, oh, wait, they're dogs. They can't not understand. They just want to make you happy. If there's anybody oh. in the world that wants to make you happy, it is your dog. They're just oh, like, but, but you love me, right? You love me? Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> Little son, my, my son says such a sweet girl and she just looks at me like, why are you mad at me? And I'm like, oh, I am such a, I can't. And then you get guilt. It's not you, you, girl. Re, you, you feel guilt. You're like, I'm oh, yeah. a terrible person. So all of that has to just put it away. You also had a head injury, lady. That yeah. that changes the Everything. whole game. So be kind to yourself. Yeah, initially I thought it was the brain. I thought it was the concussions. I was like, ooh, is this rage coming on because of the concussions? And I think it's a lot of things. It's I, all of it. You know, it's the concussion. I stopped breastfeeding because of the concussions because I had to get on. You know, um, I had to do high dose omegas. I just had to step up. Um, yeah a lot of my protocols. And so, you know, I got breastfeeding until I was almost 44 years old, you know, concussions, you know, and talk about being just slammed into hormone depletion, perimenopause. It all just kind of happened all at once. And, you know, I don't know whose fault it is. Like what, th- what, what was the thing that turned the tide for me? But it was something, or it was a combination of them all. all of but here I am in the lived experience of it and I'm owning it. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with the tools I have. And, um, and, and if this is my curriculum so that I can show up for my ladies, then I'm here for it. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can to navigate this. And I'm, you know, and there's obviously there's supplements that I'm taking and there's, you know, all the things, but also, and regulating my stress response system. That time of the month is not the time to bring on extra. You yes. know what I'm saying? That time of the month is not the time to to take on a new project, to be in a big launch or, you know, and so we're just, we're navigating our mark, our business schedule, our marketing calendar. Like I don't need more to be, to bring me into that tipping point uh, because I am a recovering, I don't even know if I'm a recovering stressaholic. I like to tell people I am. But oh, I don't yeah. know if that's actually true. Um, I, I mean, I have a lot more skills than I used to have. And, um, but um, I, I know what, I know the addictive nature of cortisol. My body knows it. My body, <laughs> yes. every cell in my body knows what it feels like when my HPA axis is, is activated and deregulated. And so I am just so mindful about that. And I, that's what I can speak to about the stress piece is we just, we've got to be mindful about it. Because we can go off to the races so fast. We can flood the system so fast. And it can feel like we're winning. 
Yes. It could feel like we're taking care of stuff, handling business, checking off lists, being the, being, you know, um, indispensable to our families, to the community, to our business, to our, the, our team members on our, our business. We are indispensable. Girl, I am the most indispensable. You know, I, I have made myself that way because my worth is tied to my indispensableness. Um, but I know that that is a, that's a stress driver. And so I, you know, I, you know, I, I have a lot of ways of being mindful of, of, not, of not finding myself in the, in those, in that trap in a way, I, I call it a trap because I think I'm doing, I think I'm living my purpose. I think I'm living my mission, like disguised as I'm just living in my stress. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you said that. Cause yeah, I, I mean, I am a cortisolaholic and mm-hmm. The minute it hits and floods me, I'm like, I feel good mm. and I've got this. I'm good at this. I, I would have made a great emergency room physician. I <laughs> love it. And I'm so, I get so in the zone like and so clear headed. Yep. My and brain I'm- is firing. Everything is focused. <laughs> I'm just like, why is, why is something that feels so good? <laughs> so, so bad damaging. for me. <laughs> well, it, let's talk about that. Tell people what cortisol does to you. Oh my, it's the ultimate. I mean, a lot of people will tell you, and I don't know where you stand on this, Tina, I'd be curious that, you know, your gut is kind of the epicenter of disease. But the one thing that I find that trumps that, if you are in the camp of the gut is, you know, again, harbors the 70 plus percent of our immune system. And, you know, obviously is is that kind of intimate connection to the external world. But the one thing that can trump, you know, gut issues, gut dysbiosis, all that is stress. I mean, stress you know, do you want to up, you want to up, you want to like light up insulin resistance, you, be stressed. It's the fastest way to cause, you know, hyperinsulinemia real quick, like boom, you want to, you want to force your, your thyroid to have to work harder. You want to put your mitochondria in overdrive. You want to kind of shut down your digestive system and everything. I mean, it's it, when you are in high alert, the only thing that your body knows to do is survive. That's it. And survive means you sh- everything else in terms of equilibrium and homeostasis gets pushed to the wayside. And that's where we start to see an uptick in inflammation, an uptick in, you know, and in, in a de- decline in neurotransmitters, in cravings, in, in belly fat, in metabolic dysfunction. You want to drive metabolic dysfunction? Be stressed. Yep. That's it. Just be stressed. And, and, and we, and we are in that lived experience. There's no one in this world more in a stressed lived experience than women and women in that trend, in this transition, the second puberty. It is the second puberty. I, I always, yep. It's, that's such a great way to put it. It, it. it is so damaging. It destroys your sleep, which destroys everything else. I mean, it's just, there's nothing. My mentor always tried to really get me to understand the critical devastating impact stress was having on me. And I always just blew it off because I think you and I are a lot alike. We're like, oh, we're good. We're tough. I'm good. We can it's handle fine. it. It's almost like a badge of honor. I'm in 20s and 30s. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a badge of honor. Like, yeah, look how much I can handle while everybody else falls to the wayside, mm-hmm. you know? But it will destroy you when you hit my age. <laughs> yeah. You only have- <laughs> I am living proof. So much I, resilience. I, you I, only I saw, have- I saw a picture of myself the other day from October 2019 and I look like an entirely different person. Like I look completely different than I do now. And it was just all these years of stress, taking on the narrative, fighting the, you know, what I thought was the good fight. And in the end, I'm like, why did I do that? Like pick your battles, people. This is not, it doesn't end well. Years and years of stress. We have to no. really, and that that might be small. It might be, you know, getting into it with your spouse or fighting over something negligible that, you know, it might've mattered in your twenties or thirties, but as you get in your forties, it's like, does this really matter? You know, responding to somebody online, it's like, meh. You feel the impact of it. If you're wondering why your sleep is struggling, if you're wondering why you're struggling with migraines, if you're wondering why all of a sudden, again, the, the, the perimenopausal rage, if you're, if you're wondering, you know, why, you know, you're dealing with, you're seeing metabolic numbers shift, you know, your triglycerides are going up, your HDL is going down, you're seeing your fasting blood sugar go up, you, you see your, you know, and this isn't a, a metabolic number, but you, you're looking at your C-reactive protein and it's creeping. You, you have to look at some of these bigger foundational pieces, stress being one of those big ones, you know, and we live in a society where again, you women are really, we're meant to, t- we're, we're, we're told to take it all on. 
you know, um, and and it gets really freaking hard to continue to take it all on and in your hormones are shifting. And and let me tell you, and your metabolism is shifting. I, this is a stat you probably share a lot with your audience, but by the time women are 45 years old, 88% of us will be, will have at least one or more markers of metabolic dysfunction and are more likely to be obese or overweight than men. 45, not 52, not menopause. I'm talking about like your halfway point through peri is where we start to see the decline. And in that, and it's a compilation of things, right? It's a comp, it's stress, it's poor sleep, it's hormone changes, and it, it's, it's, it's poor metabolic health going into the most critical time and transition of your life. Yes, it is. I joke that I trained for menopause because you have to start in your early 40s. Yes, you do. Or your late 30s. Or and late you, 30s. I think it's late 30s. When oh, you yeah. start to feel the shift, when, when you start to notice progesterone is shifting for you, and, and I'm talking about you're triggered, you're noticing the PMS symptoms, you're noticing your sleep issues, you're noticing mood, you, you know you're not as well resourced, like you just know something shifts. Yeah. That's when, that's the warning sign, that's the red flag that you need to double down on your metabolic health and start bringing in some support. Um, whether it's supplementation, whether it's whether it's bioidentical progesterone, like fig, we got to figure it out mm-hmm. because that's that's the that's when you're starting to tick. That's like the clock ticking down for you. Yes. Um, and I knew for me that that was very much the case. You know, I, I remember you know having I didn't know at the time 30, 36 or so um, dealing with insulin resistance. I I. Who's thinking about insulin resistance in their mid thirties? Not a lot of us are, but man, obviously it needs to be on our radar. If eighty, if eighty-eight percent of us by forty-five are locked, like lockstep in in insulin resistance, and and in heading in towards more prediabetes, right? And so. I, 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 I mean, obviously figured it out very quickly. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, this is a metabolic problem. I'm, I'm blaming it on cortisol. I'm blaming yes. it on stress. I'm blaming it on fatigue. But no, this is a mitochondrial issue. This is a metabolic issue. And we, we all of us, whether, you know, we obviously have got to deal with stress. I've done a lot of trauma work. I've done a lot of subconscious reprogramming, a lot of that. And I have worked on rebuilding my cellular batteries because trauma work or not, if I don't have the mitochondria to support me to move through this next couple of decades, it's about to become a hot, hot mess situation. And if you keep driving the stress train, mm-hmm. you'll just keep burning out that good work you did. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's what I found. It's like, doesn't matter how many times I rebuild, I blow it. I, the minute I get a little juice in the battery, I'm like, let's blow it all. <laughs> Just light the candle from, oh, I got burning both ends. Let's add some wicks and burn it all down, you know? So it's, 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 a it's, you have to relearn how to live. You have to relearn how you do life and how you respond to life. And I've actually like, I'm discontinuing my mastermind at the end of this month. I'm discontinuing my membership portal. I'm getting rid of so many things because I just need some bandwidth to decide. I'm going to be 50 in February. And like, I feel like I need to decide how I want to live the second part of my life. And I, was I, I don't even know. You so big. <laughs> I knew, I was like, she is letting go of stuff that isn't serving her anymore. She is letting go. She is not accommodating, you know, and I just, I wanted to celebrate you. I, anytime women are letting something go, like letting something big go, I know that they're at, they're at a point where like, you know what, this isn't serving. This isn't going to take me to that next place and then in that next journey for me. And I just love that when you shared that with me, I was like, yeah, I was like, get it girl, let it go, <laughs> let get rid of it. Um, I agree. You know, other things that I've done. So if, you know, if you are addicted, maybe you don't even know it. <laughs> I mean, you're addicted to cortisol and you oh, don't know it. Um, you're listening Two things that I did to really, to cause I know, I've been knowing. I've I've had major. I have Hajimoto's because of it. I've had chronic fatigue because of it. Like best believe, I know I have this issue. And um, and I was abused my whole life. I got trauma. So like so two things I did. One, I put on a CGM. And I didn't, I didn't put on a CGM for just tracking blood sugar. I wanted to know when I was stressed. Yep. You want to, you want to see Shocking. stress? <laughs> you Shocking. haven't eaten anything and your blood sugar is hitting 140 <laughs> milligrams per deciliter. That's stress, ladies. That's yeah. stress, everybody. So like put, put a CGM on for a month and see what's going on with you. Um, and then also a whoop strap. I wore a whoop strap and it has a stress, it measures your stress in real time 20 
four, seven. And so at any given time, I can look and see where my stress is. And, and, and again, it just creates that what I call body awareness and body literacy, which we really need to understand and know, because again, you can easily convince yourself that isn't, that stress isn't what it is um, until, you know, you've got the, you know, the, the devices to actually kind of measure you in real time. And then you can start to connect the dots of like, oh, when I'm feeling this way, when I'm in this zone, this is actually stress working against me quietly behind the scene. I really need to come up with a better way to approach this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think both of those are such good. I, my my continuous glucose monitor is, man, it's crazy. It Your blood sugar will spike anticipating stress. You don't even have to have the stress. Just me anticipating going to the airport and all of a sudden shoots up. It's crazy. And I had no idea the damage I've been doing to myself over the years. Well, yeah. I was- Oh my in, God, I was a like blood sugar t- spike? Like, do you know what, I mean, we now oh know gosh. the, you know, the, the level of inflammation, even just one blood sugar spike is having on the system. Your body has to adjust to that. Yes. You know, pancreas has to deal with that. Insulin has to respond to that. Um, and so it's, it's a cascade. That stress response is such a big multi-tier inflammatory cascade that is so insidious mm-hmm. that, um, that, you know, a lot of us, again, it's, it's often, it's a badge of honor and we, women, we think we're winning when it's the case. And no, we're just destroying our beauty and our happiness. (laughs) That's really where I'm at. I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) I'm like, I'm done aging. I have to, I have to reverse this. I got (laughs) to slow the roll. When people are like, I had somebody the other day say, we need more access to you. You have to create some ways that we can have access to you. And I was like, oh, contraire. I think everybody needs way less access to me. (laughs) I am in the time of my life where everybody, including my family, gets less access to me. I am taking care of Tina now. I am tired of taking care of people. I have been taking care of people my entire life. And I, you know, we're the token doctors in the family. So we get that no matter what. Like there's the there's the family. You're there's always the gonna, yeah, it always, always comes I'm to always, you first. Yep, I'm always I get the it. call. My sister it, had a stroke this year. I got the first call. You know, and um, and so everybody calls me, you know. And, oh, and, everybody. Yeah. And it's and it's like big families, then there's the husband's family. And I I uh I feel you know, I try to practice gratitude for the fact that people trust me, but it becomes a bit exhausting. And the well, other when night- you're advocating on the phone with doctors? Oh, it's, oh, yeah. You're the one on the phone. You're the one talking to everybody. You're the one having labs sent to you. You're the one who has the, ex, you know, all that's getting sent to you yes. so that you can look over it. Yes. That's and like, then, it's exhausting. It's a lot, then, it requires a lot of energy. Strangers online are like, can I send you my MRI? And they send you Wait, a what novel. Do you mean, and can I'm like, you? They just do. I know. I, and then they wonder why I don't respond. I'm like, I don't, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. But the the thing that I have just recently started doing, which is so nuts, my husband finally convinced me to leave my cell phone outside of the room. In fact, he insisted, which is so funny because suddenly- The bedroom, right? Yeah, the bedroom. He's, He's insisted. And I- I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, Marisa. I For weeks, I was like, I can't do it. And he said, why? I'm like, I am the doctor in the family. Do you not understand that I get the call when the shit goes down and shit always goes down in the wee hours of the morning or night. So I can't, I can't not be there. And finally I realized, I was like, you know what? Good luck to all of them. I'm taking the phone out of the room because I do not need to be irradiating my head and my body while I sleep. Mm. And my sleep has gotten so much better. And my aura ring is telling me oh, that yeah, my, girl, my like, heart rate variability went up. Truth. Like, Yeah, heart rate variability. And I mean, but you're, again, you are indispensable to your family, to your people. You know, we, we you know, it's just so much, so much that we carry. And, but look, I mean, look at you making that decision to not be Huge. so available. Huge. And I'm sleeping much better. So, you know, fingers crossed that everybody makes it out. I mean, I've got a daughter who's 23 who lives alone and I've got aging parents who are sickly and I'm just like, oh God, you know, please. That's it. I give it to God. I just pray and give it to God that I'll hear the phone ring from out in the kitchen if I need it, you know, but I can't keep this up. Whatever this has been, it's no longer serving me. And I hear you saying the same. So yeah, and we <laughs> get to it. be, we get to hopefully be the women, the doctors, the, the hormone experts, the metabolic experts who set boundaries and, and, and healthy boundaries and that we inspire other women to do so. 
Yes. I just want to inspire other women to do so too. I can still take care of my people and have healthy boundaries. I can still, I mean, I have friends of mine, they're like, girl, your boundaries, damn, damn, girl. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're sexy, aren't they? You want those, <laughs> don't you? I have so many of my best friends are like, damn, those are some boundaries. I'm like, yeah. And I take care of mine. I take care of my people, but I got to take, I, I, I have learned the hard way. I have to take care of me, yes. especially in those moments where I am not good to anybody. Like, don't, don't come at me when I'm in that place, you know, in that late luteal phase. Um, let me do me so that I can do what's best for my family. Well, you won't be around long or in good capacity later if you don't do it now. And you've got a little one, you know, I've got a grown a daughter, but one. you've got a little one. So I know yours is 20 years old, older than mine. You know? <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. She's so cute. She, uh, she's so cute. She's my biggest supporter. She's always tells mm-hmm. me what a hero I am, but she keeps me in check. She's like, mom, you're way too stressed out. You've got to, whatever it is, stop doing it, mm. you know, or put it, put it away. And my dog, Sans is right here right now, actually telling me we got to go for a walk. She comes up when she senses me. If I sit mm. too long, she comes up and nudges me with her nose and she's like, it's time to get up and, and move. So, you know, you just, it's a matter of listening at that point, I think for us, you know, like, are we listening and are we learning and are we taking action? And I hear you do, you know, saying that you are, and I definitely am trying. So I'm, I'm so glad we reconnected recently and we get to stay in touch through this process. Do life together, (laughs) do perimenopause, menopause together. I mean, and that's the other thing, you know, get your ladies, have your group, your community. You know, we're not meant to do this alone. We we were never meant to do this alone. Especially women. Women need the oxytocin that we get from the group. We need that connection. I need my voice memos. I need my, you know what I'm saying? I need my people. I need, I need, and I need real interaction. I need real hugs. I need, you know, I really need that. That's the one hormone you want to, you want to, you want to bet on a hormone that's going to, you know, going to just suppress that cortisol. It's always going to be oxytocin. Yeah. Yeah. We get that from chopping brightly colored vegetables, sitting in groups and speaking with other women. So think of women, you know, think of hunter-gatherer societies of like women weaving baskets, preparing food together in a circle. That's why you see that because culturally we think it's like, oh, that's what they do culturally. No, that's what we need as women. And if we don't have our oxytocin, our estrogen goes to shit and we turn into mean, you know, our male dominant hormones take over and we get pissy. We can't always be in our power. I I always try to tell that to my husband because he's such a stern, gruff guy, but he's so sweet with me. And when he gets stern, when he gets tired, he gets stern and gruff with me. And I always tell him, I'm like, honey, I'm always in my masculine energy because I am running shit. I need the soft, sweet, sexy version of you because that's what brings out my estrogen and that's what brings out my oxytocin. Mm -hmm. So if you want a hardened, mean bitch for a wife, then be gruff and stern with me and be a grump. But if you want the best of me and you want the world to see the best of me, I need... I need that strong man to be kind and sexy and soft with me. You know, I need a safe place to land because I'm running running shit all day. I don't need to be running shit in my house. Mm -mm. No, we need to feel safe. We need to be held. We need to feel safe, you know, that we can step into our feminine. You know, almost every woman I meet is in their masculine all the time. They are handling so much. They are caring so much. And we just need a safe place to land. Um, whether it's with our girls, whether it's with our partners, you know, you know, whoever, you know, just have that safe place to land. And, um, I am a big fan of, of, of chosen family, you know, of yes, your people me too. <laughs> and, and just having that. And so, it, you know, and I know we're in a loneliness epidemic as well. And one of the things I recommend to you, if there's people that you haven't talked to in a while, or if there's someone who you've lost contact with, just pick up the phone, shoot a text, Say, hey, I was thinking about you. You know, how how are you doing? Like, I know it's been a long time. I, I'd love to just know how you are. Maybe we can get on a phone call. And I'll tell you, I, it's it, nine out of 10. They're going to be like, oh my goodness. Like, let's do that. You know, like us, you know, and, and yeah. so you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be complicated. It just shoot that little text message out. I know it's, it's about to be, it's getting cold everywhere. It's, it's that time of the year where, you know, we want to, we want to have that closeness and that connection. And so those are one of the things I'd recommend too, is just without my girls, I don't know if I could navigate this at all. I love that. That's so important. And I, 
I'm such a hermit that I will isolate to a fault, you know? And that's, you know, that brings up another thing that just kind of slides in with this is when you're not in a good space, well, for me at least, when I'm not in a good space or I'm feeling overwhelmed, I will detach. And because I don't want to say anything negative, I don't want to be that negative energy in the friendship or in the situation. So when people are like, how are you? I'm so honest that I'll be like, I'm doing shitty. (laughs) I I appreciate your authentic (laughs) honesty though. I, Thank you. I, I and 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 I don't. I want to hold like for, as as a friend. Like I want to hold space for it, and, and not take it on either. Which is hard for us as women to do. Yeah. Right. 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 That's the balance. It's a scale. Right? <laughs> but I don't ever want to be putting that out there, and so I will self isolate and mm-hmm. I will hermit down, which is you know, not great either. So what you say is so important. It's, I always feel so much better when I see my friends and I see my girls and I give them hugs and, you know, we do cool shit together. Like that's, it's the that's best. what it's about. It's the best. It's what it yeah. is. Well, you think about at the end of the day, you know, obviously we're going through it. Our hormones are changing. Our bodies are changing without permission. Maybe metabolically, we made not so, some great decisions in our 20s and our 30s and we're trying to clean it up right now. But, you know, one of the things that we we really deserve and we really need as we navigate these journeys is that connection, is 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 those relationships, you know, to help support us in those moments. Because, um, it, gosh, it is so hard to do it alone. It's mm-hmm. so hard to not feel good alone, you know, and, and a lot of us, we're all in the lived experience of it. We're all going through it. We're all struggling with sleep. We're all having, we're all having those late luteal rage or mood swings, or maybe that maybe, maybe for you, it's that you're crying uncontrollably, like whatever it may look like when your hormones take a tank and they're already tanking, it's extra, you know? And so having, (laughs) I'm like, wait, they're tanking and they're tanking at the same time. Like, what do you mean? Um, that we really, we deserve connection. That's how we get through this onto the other side. And so getting those voice memos, like I just send lots of love to all my girlfriends like a couple times a week. And I never know when they're going to respond back, you know, and, and it's just the best feeling when someone, you know, on a Thursday afternoon, there's a voice memo, you know, and it's just, it's the best feeling ever. And then the other thing I really love to cultivate through gratitude is joy, you know, and, and having a toddler makes it really easy. I'm not going to lie. Like we, we did our first jack-o'-lantern and, and Kingston Aww. named him Pumpkin. And I was like, okay, all right, we, let's go with that. And, you know, it's just these moments of, of, of joy. And one of the things I've learned in cultivating joy is gratitude and joy move in an upward spiral. So the more that I'm grateful for those moments, I'm grateful for the lived experience of getting to navigate this new curriculum, you know, as, as hard as it is, it is sometimes and as, as much as I'm struggling with it, I know that there is something to be had from this that I get to walk away from, even if it's just conversation with you, Tina, but that I get to, I get to create more spontaneous moments of joy. And I think that at the end of the day, what, what else are we here for? You know, like what's the, what's the point of it all? And, And when I check in, it's, it's deep connection with my friends. It's loving my family. And it's those moments of joy that we all deserve to have. And joy gets to be free. No one can take that from you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what, what's happening in your life, no one can strip that from you. You control that. And, and those are the things that I anchor onto as I'm navigating this hot mess of a second puberty transition, you know, and, um, and, and doing it with as much grace as I can possibly manage. That's perfect. I think that's a perfect place to even close because I think that's the message. That's the one thing I have noticed about you most is that you bring so much joy and gratitude. You even say thank you when I share hard hard things that I'm going through. You say, thank you for sharing that with me. And your, your, your voice memos give me a lot of joy. So (laughs) I love it. Can you let, let everyone know where to find you because you have so many great offers out there. You've got a great podcast. uh, You've got some books out. Let them know. Yes. Um, So the podcast is Energized with Dr. Marisa. I want to embody what we all want more of, at least that's what I, I, energy is the ultimate currency to me. So give, give me more of that. So Energize with Dr. Marisa. Dr. Tina's on the show. It's all about women's hormone health, metabolic health in our 40s and beyond. Um, kind of similar to a little bit to the show. And then um, I have a beautiful guide. You know, I know that, you know, cooking and figuring out how to love up on our hormones is, is really about that, that nutrition. And so I have a, a guide that's my 14 most epic recipes for helping to support your hormones 
phone. So I have that little guide. And then my books are on Amazon at Dr. Marisa. You can find me at Dr. Marisa on Instagram as well. Spell it for them so that they know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not spelled the way it's said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. So at Dr. Marisa. Yes. I love that you have a Z because I have a Y. So we're, yes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's fun. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We've got to have you back. We, I need more of this. I always love talking to you. So it's, it's always a treat. Thanks, Annie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.